Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, May 4th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Steve Hellwagon. Steve, the rich get richer in recruiting. Ohio State is now adding to its 2022 recruiting class. They have the number one class in the country in the 2021 class. The 2021 class has 17 members already. The 2022 class, kids that are still sophomores in high school, just added its third member for Ohio State, C.J. Hicks, young man out of Kettering Altar in the Dayton area, 6'4", 215 pound. He can play all over the field. He's listed as an athlete right now. 24-7 Sports has him ranked as the number 15 athlete in the country, number three player in Ohio, number 162 overall player. Buckeyes getting a good one here in C.J. Hicks, it looks like, Steve. Yeah, Dave, it uh, looks to me like he's a guy that could play outside linebacker, safety, He's played some at cornerback as well, uh, played some on offense as well. Maybe he could be a wide receiver, running back, hard to say. Um, you know, I just look at it that, uh, first of all, it's great that uh, Ryan Day and his staff are locking down Ohio's top players. The, the 2021 class already 17 commitments and seven of them are from Ohio and now uh, three commitments for 2022, and two of those are from Ohio. C.J. Hicks from uh, Kettering Altar uh, there in the Dayton area, uh, as well as, uh, and I'm going to try and pronounce this, Tegra Tushbola, an offensive lineman uh, from Lakota West. Uh, you know, Hicks is ranked as the number 160 player in the country. Uh, Tishbola is ranked number 69 in the country. So they're getting uh, really uh, the number two and number three players in Ohio for 2022 have already uh, committed to the Buckeyes. And Hicks, of course, this most recent one, he had a ton of outstanding offers as well. Uh, Arkansas, Florida State, uh, Cincinnati. Uh, he had 28 offers uh, all totaled. So a lot of schools uh, were in on C.J. Hicks. This is not somebody that they're taking uh, a flyer on or a reach or anything like that. Kettering Alter has been one of the top Division three programs in the state of Ohio for many years, usually in the playoffs, and uh, have competed uh, for state championships in, in recent years. And uh, Hicks, uh, obviously, uh, the, the last alter guy I can think of was Jerry Radzinski. I was just about to say, is, is, yeah. our, is our boy the last one? <laughs> yeah, it's been over 20 years, but uh, they have sent guys that played a ton of guys different places, Cincinnati, Michigan State, all kinds of different places. Kettering Alter has uh, sent guys. So uh, I, I am excited about this. And, again, I think Ohio State's best teams are built around Ohio players with uh, top prospects, you know, from all over the country, the Boses, the Chase Youngs, Justin Fields, Dwayne Haskins, those kind of guys built around it. But uh, to me, I think uh, staying at home and uh, getting the top guys in Ohio, there's, there's never uh, – you don't have to explain any of that to me. I get it fully. 
despite the quarantine, it's like Ohio State's recruiting staff has a new prize for us every week, it seems like, whether it's the 2020 yeah. class this weekend. Really, it was Friday. Friday, it was C.J. Hicks in the 2022 class. I mean, you've covered recruiting a long time. You're doing a special series for the site, looking back at some of the best recruiting classes, going in order of all the recruiting classes of this century. Are you at all surprised at the level Ohio State is recruiting at right now? No, Dave. I, I Well, I mean, it, it is somewhat surprising, but it is Ohio State, and it looks like Ryan Day is the real deal. And I think that's what high school kids are, uh, are latching on to. First of all, Ohio State plays in big games week in and week out all season long. They developed their players, had another 10 guys drafted for the NFL uh, draft. And I haven't crunched these numbers, Dave, but when I go back at the end of this uh, survey that I'm doing kind of every other day, looking at the classes from the last 30 years, I think what we're going to find is a high percentage of guys who started two seasons at Ohio State were drafted. I'm going to say right now it's probably in the 70 to 80% range when you think about it. Guys who started at any position at Ohio State for more than one year it looks like somewhere between 60 to 80% of them get drafted to the NFL. So if that's not testimony, and that's 30 years worth of testimony, that's not one year, that's not five years, that's 30 years of, uh, of recruiting science, so to speak. And I think it just kind of speaks for itself that when they put them in this, um, this blender and, and out the other end comes an NFL player – and this goes back to the 90s. Even they had a guy named Dave Kennedy who was kind of the forerunner to what uh, Mickey Marotti is doing with the offseason program and everything else. He was cutting edge ahead of his time, and that's why you had guys like Eddie George and other guys like that that stepped to the forefront uh, then. So, uh, you know, it's no different today. I think Marotti has taken it to a new level. It was really funny watching Chase Young's comments after he was drafted. He thanked his position coach, Larry Johnson, and he said, oh, yeah, Mick Marotti, the strength coach. And he made a comment in there that uh, – I forget the exact wording he used, but, yeah, it got real a couple times, but it's all good is what what Chase Young said. And you could just read between the lines that, you know, okay, you're a star, so what? you got to do the work, and they pushed even the star players to do the work, and that's why those star players are going to the top of the draft. So, yeah, to me, I think it's uh, all immersive what they have going on there at Ohio State. Got a story about it on the front page right now about the uh, block O of care, and it was Kevin Wilson who was asked about it, and it's a 12-point program that they used to help these guys on and off the field in every aspect of their lives even mental health, counseling, nutrition, everything. It's just uh, the Ohio State way of doing business right now. It's, uh, it's a people business, and they're taking care of their people. Speaking of stories that are on our front page right now, you did a story for the site yesterday quoting a Ohio lawmaker named Bill Seitz, Ohio House Majority Leader Bill Seitz from Hamilton County. He's saying there will be an insurrection if there is not football this fall. Uh, We have a five-page thread on the front row. Message board people are obviously very passionate about this. Obviously, we're not doctors, but just from you writing that story, things that you're seeing, do you feel like it's trending in the direction that we will have football this fall? 
Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, that story kind of took on a life of its own as you had people arguing different sides of that uh, whole situation revolving the pandemic and the lockdown. It's not really my place or my point to get into a big uh, political uh, discussion. Uh, I can tell you that, uh, you know, this is a serious situation and that, you uh, people's lives are at stake and uh, particularly with our medical uh, folks, you know, in the hospitals and whatever, you know, them being exposed on the front lines of this thing. I mean, those people are contracting it and uh, you know, those people are dying as well. So, you know, I think it's just a matter of being careful. Uh, my brother-in-law is a, uh, a college professor and a department head at uh, Miami University, and uh, he said they're already having discussions about what it would take. And he said it's very stark reality when you sit in those meetings and listen. Uh, they have a public health person on their staff as part of uh, you know making those decisions. And and you think about it, you're going to take you know we're on a, a lockdown or however you want to put it, a reside in place or shelter in place or whatever they call it right now. Where really you're supposed to, you know, keep to yourself, you know, wear masks in public, take proper precautions, social distancing. And um, he said, well, we're going to take people from different areas and we're going to throw them together in a dormitory in close quarters where they're going to be using a common bathroom and everything else. And that's going to be kind of a hard thing to, uh, to justify or reconcile, maybe the better word. How's that all going to work out? without that becoming like a nursing home or a meat packing plant where people, you know, get this. But, um, you know, I think at some point we have to go on and live our lives. And I'm not saying football is the overriding uh, thing in our world. I think, uh, you know, getting people back to work safely and uh, taking those precautions so that, uh, okay, you know, 70,000 people have died. Let's not make this into 700,000. Let's, let's try and minimize it as best as we can and yet still have some kind of normalcy or a, a way of life. And uh, very complicated issue, Dave. People who get paid a lot more money than me are going to solve this. But uh, I think, uh, you know, and again, listening to Gene Smith weeks back, he said it's got to be a national thing in terms of uh, college athletics. Um, it can't just mandate in Alabama because we don't have any cases that we're going to play college football this year. If Florida can't play, then who are they going to play? You know, so it's uh, got to be more of a national thing. I saw where Iowa said they'll be bringing their athletes back June 1st. And of course, you know, other than that uh, hot spot where the meatpacking plant is, a lot of these Midwest uh, states haven't been hit, you know, necessarily that hard. In my story, Ohio is number seven in population and number 15 in cases. So that's a good thing. It, it's mostly hit the edges, it seems. But uh, I think um, Ohio's still got to be cautious. And uh, so, yeah, you see better signs about it every day. But uh, Ohio State will start uh, fall semester, August the 23rd, 25th, something like that. Will, will there be in-person classes? Uh, he even, my brother-in-law even talked that, could be a situation where if you go to class Monday and Wednesday, half the class shows up on Monday and half watches it online, and then half watches it on Wednesday and the other half watches it online that day, a way to uh, still maintain some in-person uh, 
instructions. So complicated issue. And again, I don't want to foray too far into politics. And I was uh, redressed by that by one of our veteran posters. After putting that story up, he threatened me, Dave. He said, if you talk politics, I'm going to another site. And I was like, listen, bud, I'm not trying to be like that. But for right now, it's in the hands of the politicians if we ever expect there to be some normalcy or a return to our way of life. I so know I everything. Oh, sorry. I, I know. No, I'm just going to say there is some politics involved. I know everything is politicized now. I don't understand why this is a political issue. Like this is, we have a Republican governor last time I checked in Ohio. Um, this is not a political issue for me. I, I don't know. I don't know why this becomes, I guess I know why everything becomes politicized in our society now, but this should not be a political issue. This should just be intelligence yeah. should be the, what carries the day here. Yeah. Well, you're, you know, we have family involved in education and of course our kids are, are I mean, my daughter's a high school senior and it's ruined her senior year. And there are people locally who have complained, oh, we're not having graduation. Why can't we have graduation? And the state gave the local districts cover by closing the school district buildings that they fund uh, statewide till the end of June. And they just said that'll put a stop to that. And they gave the local districts cover that, you know, there are no in-person graduations. They're like, well, why can't you do it in July? Well, you know, who's to say what the climate will be like in July? And people at some point want to get on with the rest of their lives. So I don't know. I see both sides of that argument, but people have been unrealistic about this whole thing, Dave. And, and, you know, the comment I keep coming back to, man, the senior year for them kids in 1941 was ruined too, you know, who had to leave in April of their senior year to go off and fight a war, you know, to preserve our way of life. And, you know, people nowadays, you know, younger people who didn't, you know, necessarily grasp what happened with 9-11, you know, I think are, are getting a, a real wake-up call, I think, right now about what sacrifice is all about and, uh, you know, the greater good. It's it's not just you being able to go about your life and do whatever you want to do willy-nilly on any given day, which, I mean, boy, I hope we get back to that as soon as possible, but we're not at that point right now, and that's sometimes – as a human being, you have to do stuff for the greater good. So I, you know, I kind of agree with what you're saying. I think this is a bigger issue than just worrying about one small sector of our society. This is a, a major issue. Great insights from Steve Hellwagon. Thank you very much, Steve. And thank you to all listeners out there for tuning into the show. I appreciate it. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Mm-hmm.